Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Tuesday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. As you know, Clay on vacation in Australia this week, so he is uh, off. I'm in solo. He's down there. He's having a good time. He's having fun. Um, we have much to discuss today. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott has approved new powers that allow police in the state of Texas to arrest migrants who illegally cross the border and has given local judges authority to send them out of the country. Um, I've got a lot for you on the immigration issue today. We're going to get to that shortly. You'll notice Democrats, part of their Biden panic is around the recognition that Biden will be on the ballot, therefore illegal immigration will be, or I should say at least a Democrat president will be on the ballot, but I think it'll be Biden. Um, but immigration, therefore, illegal immigration will be on the ballot, and the Democrats have created a huge problem for themselves. They wanted it. It's not an accident, as I've been describing to you, but they recognize that there are some uh, concerns here as they look at the numbers and they look at the reality of what is going to be happening uh, over the next nine months, ten months or so. All right, we've also got some uh, new data out about how Americans are feeling about the economy, um, and we've got reporting that Biden is refusing to acknowledge among top associates and even his his family members how old he is. They're all saying, dude, you're too old. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. What's your name again? She's like, well, I'm, I'm Jill Biden. I'm your wife. Dr. Jill Biden, you say? We shall discuss that. Uh, we've also got, oh, boy, more on Harvard, uh, Harvard's president controversy. Oh, and Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, signing a legislation to start a reparations commission in New York State. Because that's what a, a state that is uh, slowly going bankrupt and also losing hundreds of thousands of particularly high earners, that's what it should be focused on, a reparations committee. Okay. 
Uh, we'll discuss that. But I actually wanted to start with something else today, just to just to mix it up, just to keep everybody on their toes. Uh, I, I was hopeful. We're going to get into the immigration thing in a second, because that's at a national level and a political level, most important story, I think, today that is breaking. Um, but Eric Adams, he is the mayor who replaced Bill de Blasio. Now, for my fellow New Yorkers out there, and uh, high five to all of our WOR listeners in the whole New York tri-state area, um, you know what I'm talking about here. It, it was always said that de Blasio was going to ruin New York, and he, and he did the best that he could. He didn't fully ruin it. I still love New York. I think I'll probably always love New York, but... He certainly made things worse than they would have otherwise been. That was what de Blasio's contribution, you could say, to the city of New York actually was. Um, he did everything in his power to make things worse. So when Eric Adams came along, I think there was understandably some hope that it would at least be better than what you had under de Blasio. And that you wouldn't have the mayor of New York, America's largest city, vying for the title, along with the mayor, mayors of Chicago and San Francisco and Portland, of worst mayor in the country, right? I, you were hoping, could we just get out of that contest? Could we, could we get away from being in contention for the worst mayor in America? Eric Adams has been a disappointment to those of us who were hopeful. And at some level, I think with him, unlike with de Blasio, where it was ideological malevolence, I think with Eric Adams, it's just a lack of understanding of how the system really works. Um, meaning how to get things done within the massive bureaucracy uh, that he has inherited for the city of New York. And he says things sometimes that make you go, hmm, what exactly is this? Here is the mayor of New York. I, I want you to listen closely. I think he's trying to say that New York is an incredible and dynamic place, but listen to how he describes that dynamism. Play clip one. When you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, come to New York, where you could have, like, a really fun birthday celebration. You can go get uh, a hot dog at Yankee Stadium and... Also, there could be a mass casualty terror attack where they're running planes into buildings. What? You heard what he said. You heard what he said. I don't know. I mean, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. He's like, yeah, come to New York City where maybe the planes will run into the buildings or maybe we won't have the beginning of a global war on terrorism because of the massive terror attack that brings down buildings. And Wow. That is the mayor of New York City. And this goes to something else that I think um, ties into the sense of pessimism that many people have about politics. Not just right now. It's been growing for a while. You know, I'm somebody who likes to think a lot. I, I try to learn um, lessons for today by looking at the past and looking at history. And, you know, for a long time, 
you really only knew political leaders by policies that were written down. So that means that things that were, you know, read over by staffers or written by staffers and fact-checked and uh, ruled by committee. You knew what they were doing based on what was written. Maybe you heard some speeches that they gave. But in this new era of total connectivity, whether it's via the social media accounts of politicians or the social media accounts of people just walking around who can capture moments of politicians. Now, I know this was on TV. It wasn't even an off-camera moment. But with all this together, we have a much clearer picture, a much clearer view of who our uh, political leadership really is now than ever before. And I think that that is what is driving so much of the pessimism that is out there because we look at these guys and we say, and gals, and we say, what a bunch of clowns. You know, there was something of, I think, for a lot of Americans, you know, we used to uh, hold politicians in, yeah, we've always had a contempt for politicians at some level, but there was also a sense of at least respect for the office, and I think there was a belief that even if we disagreed with them, a lot of the people who were in charge, and maybe this is naive, maybe this was never really the case, I'm thinking back, you know, 40, 50 years ago, um, a lot of the people in charge were really smart and really worthwhile um, in their leadership roles, even if you disagreed with them. And I think increasingly because of the constant connectivity that we have had now, really for the last 20 some odd years, we just see them. We go, you, I cannot believe, you know, Congress is not sending us their best. The White House is not sending us their best. State representatives are not sending us their best. Um, now this is not to say there aren't exceptional and talented people going to politics. Of course there are, but I do think the same way that we have seen journalism collapse as an institution that is really faith-based at some level because you have to put faith in the New York Times. You have to put faith in the Washington Post and these other entities that they're trying to do this thing called journalism and that their real goal is in propaganda. That has evaporated. One of the main reasons that has evaporated, yes, Trump throwing haymakers at them, fake news. Um, Sure, that has certainly helped. But more than anything else, I think people have been exposed to this phenomenon where you'll have a top political reporter for the New York Times or a top, uh, you know, hard news anchor for CNN or something. I know now that sounds even more preposterous. And in the morning, they're tweeting out, you know, Donald Trump is Hitler. And you see that on social media. You go, whoa. And then at night, they're going, here I am giving you unbiased news and presenting you with just the facts. And people realize this is a scam. This is a scam. And they've known this now. I think we always had that perception. I mean, I remember, gosh, I remember growing up and reading all the conservative books and going to uh, the, the different websites and Town Hall and Drudge used to be right wing um, and and all these other places. And I would see, uh, you know, like Bernie Goldberg's book back in the day, Bias, and he would talk about how they were so biased in the media they didn't even realize it, which is true. They thought they were just being factual. But now it's gotten even worse because we can see the inner recesses of the uh, leftist brain in the media and with members of Congress, too. You know, more than ever before, we are exposed to what these people really think. 
And that, I believe, is a major reason for the um, collapsing faith in government institutions. The failures of the policies, sure, no question. Failures of the policies, whether we're talking about COVID or the forever wars abroad or the inability to tackle the debt or the wide open border, the systems are failing. But the individuals that we have entrusted to run some of these places are honestly imbeciles, um, are below average intelligence, are people who have neither um, work ethic nor integrity, and they're really just uh, a form of celebrity now. I mean, a lot of politicians are effectively celebrities, and it's just a a baseline popularity contest. They're not well-versed in policy. They're, they don't have an understanding of the functions of government, but they know how to get the rabble, the mob, riled up over something. And I just feel like that's one of the strongest factors, perhaps the strongest factor we're seeing now in the growing sense we have of, I cannot believe this is who is making these calls and this is who is in charge. You know, I, I do think that one of the reasons that um, Trump has been as successful as he has in all this is that he doesn't make a pretense of being a policy expert, right? He's not somebody who walks around acting like he is a constitutional scholar. He is a guy who sells you on his charisma and his gut-level judgment and and vision, and you can be a big fan of that or you can disagree with it or, you know, a lot of people, there are obviously a lot of Trump haters out there but for all these other individuals, you know, people that are saying, oh, I was on, you know, I'm on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, committee, so I really know what I'm talking about. Or, you know, I'm I'm on the House Budget Committee, so I really, no, not really. Their staffs do all the real work, and they're just spending time trying to raise more money so they can stay in power, so they can stay important and eventually cash out in some capacity. You know, th- this is, I think, the reality of the system that we have now, and there's corruption that's a part of it, but more than that, there's a sense that we could be doing something better here. It could be a system that produces excellence, or at least something approaching it, instead of the greatest machinery for the elevation of mediocrity that we could ever imagine, which is really what I think the United States Congress and much of our political system has become. I mean, Joe Biden is president. Maybe that's the single, the single biggest indicator of this decline of our political class but i gotta say the mayor of new york saying yeah come and visit maybe the planes will run into a skyscraper or maybe you can get some great pad thai in the east village like wait what yeah it's not not good folks but this is where we are i want to talk to you about immigration we're going to dive into it some very important stuff going on there and that is coming up also want to take your calls love chatting with all of you across the country 800-282-2882. There are a lot of Pure Talk cell phone customers in this audience, and they're smart. They're saving money. They're getting great service, all U.S.-based customer service, I might add, and they're getting nationwide 5G coverage. But there's something else, too, now, international roaming coverage. This is new. You know, when I was in Scotland, hey, if you visit Scotland, you can actually use your Pure Talk plan. It's fantastic. You'll enjoy having crystal clear connection overseas. It switches right over. You're good to go. Same number, same data, all that stuff. So I was good to go in Scotland. There are 30 countries, 30 countries where you can have coverage abroad. So for this holiday season, if you're traveling, plus, honestly, you just want to have a company 
that has this ability. So if you go to, you know, Mexico or Canada or wherever, you're good to go. Pure Talk gives you all that. Plus they save, and this may be the single biggest thing, a thousand dollars a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran owned wireless company with a U.S. based customer service team. From your cell phone, dial pound 250. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. Make the switch. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Start saving on wireless now. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off now. Down in Texas, the governor, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, um, he has approved new powers, letting... Texas State Police and Law Enforcement Resources arrest the illegals who come into the U.S. over the U.S.-Mexico border into Texas. And this is likely to create quite a 
stir and go all the way up to the Supreme Court. You will no doubt, I am sure, recall what happened back in 2010, that Arizona law under the uh, under the Biden administration, and that was also when the border was seeming to be increasingly wide open. Um, and what happened there? The Supreme Court effectively struck down the efforts by the state of Arizona to help enforce federal law. And it was the position of the Obama administration, if you were to go back and look at what happened there, the position of the Obama administration was, we don't want you helping us with the lawlessness and the violation of federal laws at our border. You stay out of this and let it continue to be anarchy down there. That was the Obama administration's de facto position on it. Don't get involved. It's it's up to us, meaning the federal government, the feds, to fail intentionally. Yes, to fail miserably, but to fail intentionally on securing the southern border. That's the whole point. It's nullification of immigration laws. Because... They want this to transform the country in an electoral sense in their favor. And uh, I'm already telling you, we're going to go back and play these clips in a little over a, well, hopefully we won't have a Democrat administration. But if we have a Democrat administration in a little over a year, I'll be saying, guys, remember when I was telling you they were going to have this whole pivot to amnesty? The pivot to amnesty is coming. It's going to happen if there's a Democrat term two here. Whether it's Biden or Kamala or whatever. Um, but this really shows you as well, or this will show you, I think, what they're doing in Texas, that the federal government, and, and this is important, the Biden executive branch and Mayorkas, head of DHS, and, and all the rest, they are lying to you. They are lying to your faces Every time they say, we are going to deal with the border, we want to secure a border, we want rule of law at the border, they're lying. Because Texas is saying, hey, okay, we're, we're, we're sending the reinforcements. You know, the, the, the cavalry's coming over the hill, so to speak. We're, we're coming and we're gonna, we're gonna help you out. We're gonna make sure that the cartels don't have free reign. We're gonna, we're gonna deport people who are just trying to scam our system and come into the country by lying about credible fear, all the rest of it. And you know what the Biden administration is going to do here. Simultaneously, they will have Democrats in the Senate who are negotiating over a change to border and and parole policies for illegals coming into the country. They're trying so hard to change the language, I might add. And some of you have been pointing this out. I know they want us to say migrant or undocumented. used to be illegal alien. You rarely hear illegal alien anymore. They say people can't be illegal. I'm like, eh, I think so. I think, I think, I think people's presence can be illegal. If someone breaks into my house in the middle of the night, they're an illegal visitor. They're not an undocumented visitor. They're illegal. And my house is not a good house to break into these days, I might add. Just saying. Um, but here we are faced with the reality of what the executive branch with a Democrat or really a cabal of Democrats running it in the name of Joe Biden, what they will do versus what Democrats in the Congress, in order to try to keep their seats, in order to try to keep their Senate position, will say. 
because the Obama administration will immediately, immediately, I mean, have they already done it? Actually, I'm checking right now to make sure. Um, I mean, this is just happening. This is a Senate bill. I mean, sorry, this is Texas bill SB4. Um, Obama administration, I'm sorry, uh, Biden administration is going to say that this is a, a unconstitutional interference with the federal government's prerogative of border enforcement. So what they're going to say is, sorry, Texas, we want you to stop helping us. Yeah, you know, imagine that for a second, right? This is the Democrats. It's like we're all standing in front of a house that's on fire. And the federal government is the fire department. And the federal government is just watching as this thing burns down. I mean, barely doing anything. They got like one guy throwing a little pail of water. He's like, I don't know if this is going to do it, guys. And everyone else is like, oh, I guess it's going to burn to the ground. And Texas comes along, you know, so just think about it, like a whole bunch of volunteers, a whole bunch of guys in Stetsons and cowboy boots. You know, we're trying to make this a fun, a fun analogy. And they've got, they've got hoses. They're ready to go. They're ready to help. And, and the fire department in this case is saying, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. We want this fire to stop, but we don't want your help. We're just going to watch it burn. That is what the Biden White House is about to do if they haven't already. And it shows you they are liars. They are liars. Going into an election year, they're going to present themselves as wanting a secure border. They're going to present themselves as people who care about the lawlessness, the anarchy, the tyranny. doesn't matter. And what we will find is that is all false. Well, we already know that, but they will show us that that is all Entirely false. They don't want help. They want it the way it is. They just want a lot of secure border too. They do not. And what does a secure border even mean? I'll tell you, we can break down all of these terms. What is a secure border? Is a border secure if the Democrats are enforcing policies and laws that allow anyone to come into the country with even the most minor cursory background check? And they effectively just, you ever been at like a nightclub where they're counting people off? You know, they have like a little clicker, they count people. They do this at some parties and stuff too. Um, if, if that's effectively what Border Patrol becomes, is that a secure border? No, what I want is people that do not have the immigration, the legal immigration pathway into the country that they are using and have gone through the necessary steps and checks in that are not allowed in America. And if they get into America by some illegal means, they are kicked out of America. Remember, we're not throwing, we're not saying throw them in prison for 20 years. We're not saying, you know, ruin them or their families or anything else. It's just, you know, if you arrive here from, uh, I don't know, Thailand, if you arrive here from Ghana, if you arrive here from Bolivia or wherever, China, and you're not supposed to be here, that's what we're talking about. So when you're, when you're seeing, a state like Texas try to take this this action. If nothing else, it proves that the Democrats are lying on this. Um, here is, this is interesting to me too, another component of this whole thing is that somehow illegals, if you listen to the Democrat, the overall Democrat propaganda, they make us uh, wealthier, they do the jobs Americans won't do, they're more law-abiding. Illegals, not just, not immigrants, illegal immigrants are better than Americans, are better than all Americans. This is what Democrats say. This is the, you know, they're all about to start Google, whatever. Um, yet when you send enough illegals to any of these cities, 
there are problems. Mayor Eric Adams has said this is a disaster for the city of New York, for example, in one of his more uh, intelligent public statements. Um, Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago had a little bit of a meltdown over Texas sending illegals to his city. This is cut five. Play it. The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago. It's the fact that we have a governor, a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness. We have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment. The governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. Wait a second. What do you mean, Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago? Uh, where are they supposed to go? Notice he goes, you know, Chicago has problems. We have homeless shelters that are overrun. We have, you know, violent crime. We have people looking for jobs. Where isn't that the case? Find me the part of America that has endless funds, nothing but free health care resources to give away, no crime on the streets, no housing crunch, no problems, no drug addiction. Oh, you mean that the illegals are certainly in the initial phase, in the initial years, going to be a massive burden on whatever community they end up in? This is the classic Democrat, well, you know, as long as it's not in my backyard, as long as it's not my problem. In fact, the favorite thing for a Democrat is to have something be another person's problem, but you get to take the credit for having the right position on it. More illegals is better. I want as many illegals as possible. Get off my block, illegals. That's what they do. They're doing it in New York. They're doing it in Chicago. They're doing it in L.A. They're doing it all over the country. What, Texas is supposed to be? I mean, I've been down to McAllen. You know, I've been down to some of these border towns. And they don't, they're, you know, they're not just like walking around throwing gold bars and cash at people saying, hey, you know, lots of resources here to deal with. It's crazy. But those communities are supposed to be the ones that, that take in the uh, initial financial hit. Why? It's the Democrat sanctuary city communities that want this. They should get it. They should get as many illegals as possible. And they should be thanking Governor Abbott. They should be thanking Governor DeSantis, they should be saying, this is great. The blessings upon us of countless illegals who have no legal right to be in the country, who are unlikely to be able to speak English or read or write perhaps in any language or contribute to an information-based economy. That is a blessing that this city needs more and more of. You can never get enough. That should be their position. And yet it isn't. They talk about... Disaster, financial strain, crowded emergency rooms, English as a second language instruction, crowding out math and basic reading in schools because of all the illegals who have showed up. But you're supposed to shut up and say this is great if it's in your community. And the Democrats are allowed to say they want more of this for everybody else, but they don't want to deal with it themselves. Find some other place to send these Amazing illegals that everyone wants, except for the people that are getting them these days. Isn't that an interesting dichotomy? Isn't there something going on there? Something a bit, a bit strange in the mind 
of all of these individuals who proclaim they want this, and yet when they get it, they scream and they say, stop. Yeah, we're seeing exactly who the Democrat Party is on this. And um, I think it's good for the American people to know, at least. We can cast judgment on it. But just remember, look for the head fakes. Look for the false promises. Look for the Democrats changing all of a sudden what they've been doing. for. They're going to start tacking to the center. It's a fraud. It's a mirage. They wanted the 7 million illegals in this country that have come in under Biden. They won't do anything as that number goes above 8 million. They will quietly celebrate it, and they will try to fool low-information voters in swing states into saying, well, Democrats care about the border, too. They do not. You know, you worked hard to build your retirement savings. You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns, ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with, with, with different rates and terms to choose from. Look, I'm a Phoenix Capital Group investor, so clearly I believe in what these guys are doing. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors with a new high-yield option, investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment packet today, phxonair.com. You can earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. To VP or not to VP, that is the question right now. As in, who's the most likely VP candidate for Donald Trump? As you know, we may have started a little thing here on the show. It was actually Clay who presented uh, our friend Tucker Carlson with the question, about whether or not you'd be a, whether or not he would take the VP job. This was after asking Donald Trump when we interviewed him at Mar-a-Lago, would you consider Tucker as your VP? And this is what Tucker said recently, uh, at a conference in Arizona, I believe, in response. This is cut 10. Play it. Would you consider being vice president for Trump? It's, it's funny you ask. So you asked, would I ever consider doing kids programming? And would I consider entering politics? And there's a phrase in Western Maine that I, I just love. I don't know nothing about that stuff. And I feel that way. I'm a talk show host. That's what I do. So it sounds like he's not going to do it. But then again, isn't that what you would expect Tucker to say if he was going to do it? Just throwing that out there. I'm not sure we could put this fire out right away here. I don't know if it's uh, keeping open possibilities. But there's something else that's been coming up recently. Um, major donations just went to Nikki Haley from, I believe, the uh, Coke Network or affiliated with the Coke Network of the Coke Brothers, the billionaires. And people are saying, well, wouldn't Donald Trump be able to just end this whole thing if he offered to Nikki Haley? I'm, this is the conversation. I'm not saying he should or will do this. I'm merely in reportage mode right now on this. I'm telling you what the people are saying. Some people. 
Some people probably are saying, um, no, some of them really are talking about this in political circles. What I think is interesting is Nikki Haley takes uh, some shots at Trump a little bit these days. Uh, here she is. This is cut nine. Play it. I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies. I had a good working relationship with him. But rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. We all know that. Chaos follows him. And we can't be a, part of that. But we can't be a country in disarray and have a world on fire and make it through four years of chaos. We can't. I said rightly or wrongly. So it could be, I mean, all I know is we need stability and we need strength. And we need to start answering the issues of tomorrow and not looking back to the past. And we can't keep going back to that negativity and baggage of the past. We've got too much at stake. Hmm. You know, she looks, she's not being disrespectful to Trump, but she is saying that chaos follows him. She's saying it's not his fault, but she's saying she'd be better because she represents stability and the Stability of defense contractors, bottom lines, perhaps. I kid, I kid. It's just, just jokes, folks. Um, but nonetheless, she is talked about as a game ender, not a game changer, because Trump is so far ahead, a game ender where if she signs on with Trump, then clearly it's all over for any of the other candidates out there. I think that much is very clear. It might already be all over, but it's not. It is not all over until the, um, um, over, you know, very secure in her physique, lady sings. Um, and so here we are. Here we are seeing this possibility. Tucker weighed in on a Trump Haley ticket also at this conference. This is cut 12. Play it. Would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? Well, I, I, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would, I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I well, that, that's I, just I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots, and who is not only is is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most speaking of nihilist nihilistic mm-hmm. way, and has no real popular support. Is a, is a creature of the oligarchs. So yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. Reason to oppose the ticket. Strong words from Tucker on this one. I do wonder, as this moves along, if the position of some in MAGA world would very rapidly change if Nikki Haley was named as Trump's VP. Remember, she was his U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, which, as I've told you, is a cocktail party circuit job. I know people say, no, it is, actually. You live in a mansion in New York. You hang out with people. You read prepared speeches occasionally. The U.N. is pretty worthless, but, you know. Foreign policy experience, sure. Mixing martini experience and smiling, but nonetheless. Um, it's true of a lot of jobs, by the way, that sound fancy and important in government until you actually spend time with the people who do them and you realize, nope, it is not what people think it is. So there's that. Uh, there's that possibility here that you have Nikki Haley advancing to the second position in Iowa and doing also, I think, very well in New Hampshire. And if she's in second place in both of those, I think the DeSantis campaign's in a very tough spot, even tougher than it currently is. 
Um, and one thing that I wonder about, because you're already seeing postmortems of the DeSantis campaign online from people. It's not over. They're still in it. A lot of polling shows them in second place overall. Um, but I would note uh, there are people who are saying DeSantis ran a, and this tends to be very ardent Trump supporters, they'll say DeSantis ran a really bad campaign, a really inept campaign. You might have seen uh, Jeff Rowe, who was running the big super PAC, uh, just resigned last week, and there have been departures, and there's been firings, and clearly, clearly, there were mistakes made in the DeSantis campaign. Governance of Florida, A+. plus. I don't know of any mistakes. DeSantis campaign, not A+. plus, Not by a mile. Okay. But I also think it is only fair to point out, I think that given what has happened in this country um, over the last, you know, 18 months or so, it, really going back to the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, on Trump and, and, and then the, all the indictments, I, I think it is quite, Fair to point out, I don't know if anybody was going to beat Trump this cycle in the, in the Republican primary. Maybe I'll have to eat those words. Maybe Ron DeSantis will, you know, rock it to the front or Nikki Haley will pull something off. I'm not losing sleep about either of those possibilities, but you know, I don't know. No one can predict the future, but if it does play out the way it seems like it will here, I don't know if there was anyone who Trump was president. A lot of the base wants to see him president again, and that is what it is. So I'm not sure that, uh, you know, there's, I, I think that's a necessary context for evaluating the other Republican campaigns. And I, and I think Vivek, as much as he said some great lines on stage, really has run as an adjunct of the Trump campaign. So that's what has happened. I mean, that's just a fair assessment of the reality of what, you know, I, I would want Trump to advise me, but everything he did is perfect, but I agree with all of his policies, but, you know, He's an adjunct of the Trump campaign, obviously a very sharp guy, uh, not going to be president. But, you know, the point is, as long as Trump was in it, I don't know that there was anything anyone else in America on the right was going to do to be able to challenge that because um, of what has happened and what I think Trump still represents to the base. That's the sense that I have of it today. Maybe in a week we'll see some crazy numbers in Iowa and the dominoes will fall and everything will be different, but probably not, right? Probably not. Um, look, one thing uh, about the holidays is that y- you get a chance to catch up and actually watch the movies. And Clay and I are always talking about how Hollywood usually misses the mark on making great movies these days. But turns out this Christmas Day, there's a movie I'm actually really excited about. I'm going to go see The Boys in the Boat, based on the New York Times' number one best-selling book. If you're a history nerd like we are, you definitely want to add this one to your list. It's the true story of the University of Washington rowing team takes place in 1936 during the Great Depression. The Washington Huskies were underdogs who competed for gold at the Summer Games in Berlin. It's a feel-good American movie capturing the power of working together to overcome all odds. Think of it like Top Gun Maverick, only in the water, not quite hitting Mach 5 or whatever. The Boys in the Boat is a multi-generational movie for the holidays. It's rated PG-13. It is wholesome entertainment for the whole family. It's only in theaters on Christmas Day, though. So get your tickets now at boysintheboatmovie.com. That's boysintheboatmovie.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day.
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right, third hour, Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. I just got confirmation our main man, Clay, is in a land down under. He is in Australia. He is having a a great time so far. It's very, very early in the morning there, though, so I'm going to try not to bother him. But he sends you all regards. He's going to be chasing kangaroos in no time. Our friend Ryan Gerdusky joins now to talk about politics, etc. Ryan is the uh, the brain behind the National Populist Newsletter on Substack, which I recommend to you, Mr. Gerdusky. Always a pleasure. I hear you all. You have a multi poo, sir. 
Yes, I have a five and a half year multipo who's sitting right next to me right now. Oh, nice. Uh, I have, I have my, uh, three month old Australian Labradoodle who is equally parts adorable and crazy, which is uh, yeah. a lot of fun. Um, dogs are so, kind of like having a homeless crackhead in your house at all times. They could be very entertaining, but at times you never know if they'll be vomiting or peeing in, on something. It's just, it's great. It's great. Yeah, she bit my foot yesterday on the radio, but she did it with love, as I said, so it was okay. <laughs> so, so tell me this, man. I, I and there's so much going on here, and you know, yesterday we got our, I got into the sense I have of there's something off with these numbers. The numbers can't be. I know it's early and all that, but. Something funky is going on here. Today we have this New York Times Siena poll. This to me, the first, it seems, outlier among all the polls recently, showing Biden up two. If you're just taking a step back and looking at a Trump-Biden matchup right now, we're not even looking at the primary for our purposes in this moment, what are the numbers really telling us, and why is this Biden up two number coming out at this time? Well, it's Biden up to among likely voters, which is not that much of an outlier, given the fact that if you look at a lot of polls, Biden dominates among people who voted in 2022, people who vote all the time. Where Trump's number was, and I think it was in the New York Times, Santa Paul, yeah, and among people who did not vote in the 2020 election, among those who voted, which is not that many people, Trump's up 29 points. But among those who did vote in 2022 election, Biden is up too. So by Trump's entire game plan to try to win is people who don't turn out to vote. And Trump's main problem is, is he has the worst, this is the New York Times Center poll, he has the worst record, worst level of support with college-educated white voters since Barry Goldwater lost a 40 what, three-state landslide loss or 45-state landslide loss back in 1964. Um, he's down probably, he's down, according to the New York Times Center poll, 21 points among college-educated whites. This is a group that Mitt Romney won, and this is a group that he lost by five in 2016. Um, and this is a group that dominates, especially in very important swing states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. There's a lot of non-college-educated whites. But among this surge of support with Hispanics and Asian um, and young minorities who really don't show very high, those numbers tend to help, might help him in a place like Texas, where a new poll came out today showing him up six in Texas, where a place that he won by five. So he's about the same place, but maybe a little higher. Um, it might help him in Arizona, even though there's a lot of retirees who are older white um, voters. Um, that's where Trump's problem is, is among people who vote all the time, he is not doing very well at all. It is among people who almost never vote or vote very rarely that he has to see this huge surge of support. It could happen like in 2016, but it may not. So when you see all these numbers, like the recent slew of polls, Ryan, that came out that showed Trump up in all the swing states, right? So I know when you're looking at national level polling, it feels like, what does that really tell you? And um, But when you're looking at individual swing states, I think maybe Wisconsin, Biden was up one or two. But other than that, the most recent swing state polls seem to all indicate that Trump would be not just ahead, but considerably ahead. I, I hate to ask the is that real question because it sounds like I'm being conspiratorial. But when you see that, what do you think? Are you thinking it's just too early to matter or the Democrats haven't run their playbook yet? Or are they in full on panic that Joe Biden can't actually be the guy? 
Well, there's two story. There's two things. So one, there was a series of polls that came out. One was the Monmouth poll, one was the Wall Street Journal poll, and one was the Pew Research poll. They all came out over the weekend, and they all had Biden for the very first time at a 60% or higher negative rate. The Pew Research poll had Biden at 64% disapprove and 33% approve. That is George W. Bush 2006 territory. That is a place that a president has not been in in basically 20 years. Um, and that is very difficult to dig yourself out of. He was even losing. He was, I even had a majority disapprove with postgraduates, uh, college graduates. What I try not to do, and which is very, very difficult for me and for basically everybody, is trying not to get frozen in time. I think that part of where why Trump is seeing stronger numbers with things like people like young black voters or black voters altogether. Maybe that's all illusion. Maybe it'll just be 92.8, 93.7, just like it always is. But if it is a different story, if there is a break forward for Republicans where they can get double digits again with black voters, which they have not done since 2004, it's because the most conservative, most strongly Democratic black voters are older black voters and younger black voters are less Democratic. Remember, Mitt Romney won, I think, 14 percent of black men under 30 back in 2012. Those voters now are in their 40s and younger black voters are not as connected to the Democratic Party as older black voters are. Um, and likewise, why is Trump doing poorly with seniors? Because when uh, me being a cursed millennial, when I think of somebody being a senior citizen, it's somebody born in the 1930s, when in reality, it's someone born in the late 1950s now. So the greatest generation, those who are the most conservative who ever lived, most Republican, really, who ever lived, they're all basically gone. They're certainly not a political force anymore. And they've been replaced with silent generation and um, baby boomers who are part of the hippie generation, the counter-war movement, the um, you know Stonewall riots, the mo- more progressive generation. And I think that that's where we're seeing kind of a change if you look at overall these polls of why Trump is doing worse with seniors than maybe Romney did in 2012 or, or where, you know, certainly Bush did in 2004 um, and why he's doing better possibly with sm- younger minority voters or minority voters overall, even though the sample sizes are small because one generation is replacing the next. And I think people kind of forget that to put that in their head. Um, we're speaking to political analyst Ryan Gerdusky. Um, Ryan, I want to get you in trouble with some of this audience, uh, sure. so get ready for it. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I was talking about what could happen and what the what the break the glass plan, the plan C or plan D. You know, the now that the Biden numbers and you have said the Biden numbers are really bad and they clearly are. Um, I I think the number one thing I hear from people now, I was hearing, oh, they're going to have a quick primary, and it's Gavin Newsom. It's going to be Gavin Newsom. That was September, October of this past year. Um, now it's, oh, Michelle Obama is going to be the consensus candidate who emerges from the DNC convention. Well, what do you think about that? And if you don't buy it, why don't you buy it? So there, the primary slate is basically is done, I think, in every single state. It is not feasible for anyone to jump into a primary at this point. They cannot get ballot access in any of the states that matter, I think, all the way through Super Tuesday. So there's no more primary. It's going to be Dean Phillips, Joe Biden, Marion Williamson. That is it for the primary. Um, the idea that a broker convention is going to break out at the Democratic Democratic primary is ludicrous. It's just it's. It's not going to happen. It has never happened. Um, 
because there is no consensus even among Democrats of who is the next person. People, Republicans assume it's going to be Gavin Newsom because Republicans have heard of Gavin Newsom, and that's literally it. Gavin Newsom had a worse reelection victory in California than Ron DeSantis did in Florida. He is not an electoral force. He's not even that wonderful a debater. I watched him at the Sean Hannity debate. He did pretty terrible. Yeah, he was um, bad. I was shocked, actually, at how bad he was. He was horrible. And there is a lot of other support on the ground for other Democrats, more than Gavin Newsom. You have just not heard about it enough because you don't happen to Democratic circles. Um, Gretchen Whitmer has a huge, huge fan base. Um, the governor of, uh, of Illinois, uh, uh, PJ, whatever his name is, the Pritzker. heavy set guy, Pritzker, Pritzker, huge amount of support, multi-billionaire who says he's going to put a billion dollars of his own money into any campaign for, for presidency. Jared Polis, the gay governor of Colorado, huge level of support. Um, Pete Buttigieg, there is some support out there for Kamala Harris. I know that sounds insane to believe, but there is. And there's also a big voice for another Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC progressive type who has not emerged, somebody who's more pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. That's probably a third to 35% of the Democratic voting primary that Gavin Newsom does not tap into whatsoever. So there is no clear electoral force. Democrats are very much in the same vein of who will succeed Joe Biden, where Republicans are if Donald Trump were to you know, pass away or something would happen where he couldn't run. There would be an equal who is going to sit there and fill this void. It's a giant void to fill. It is not a consensus. There is no major support. And as far as Michelle Obama, this is a woman who hated being first lady. Allegedly, she hated um, Barack running for politics. She hated she did not even stay awake to see who won the 2016 campaign. She doesn't enjoy it. She has said a million times over, I would never run in a million years. She's a celebrity. She's making millions of dollars to sit there and make cooking books and dance with Ellen DeGeneres. She's not going to change that to be. And she's also there's no proven record that she's going to be a political force either. We heard about Oprah Winfrey for 30 years. Michelle Obama is the new Oprah Winfrey. She might be president. She's not going to be president. Um, well, if Good I can say, I, I agree, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> you put it more, uh, more forcefully than I have, but I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's Biden yeah, or Kamala. As I've been saying all along, it's Biden or Kamala. Everyone just needs to understand that's what we're up against. So, um, w- w- with all they're that in mind. Knock off, they're not going to knock off the first female black Asian vice president for a white guy. Not the Democratic Party of 2023. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's true as well. Um, do you think that they, what, what lets the Democrats sleep soundly at night to the degree that they can? Um, because evildoers have a tough time, I think, getting a good night's sleep. I'm just kidding. What <laughs> makes them sleep soundly at night? Given where Biden's poll numbers are, I mean, I was saying yesterday, I feel like there's a train coming. We're just looking the wrong way down the tracks right now. There's got to be something going on. What do you think it is? Well, I mean, Donald Trump is still incredibly unpopular, just like Joe Biden is. It's not like Donald Trump has support. I mean, the most popular presidential candidate, believe it or not, according to polls, is RFK Jr. Um, And... There, they have an immense amount of negatives for Donald Trump, and it's among people who vote all the time. So Donald Trump had no real great mobilizing effort on the part of the non-college educated white voter back in 2016 or in 2020. He's 
like, I don't know, his team is different now, so maybe they do have a real campaign to get out low propensity voters. But it's hard. People vote based upon their history of voting. People have an effort to get out people who vote, who vote, vote early, uh, who vote often. And the Democrats have a tremendous early get out the vote program, and Republicans are anemic in as terms of get early get out the vote. So they're going to come on to Election Day in 2024 with a million votes in Pennsylvania already, or half a million votes in Pennsylvania already, or a million votes in Pennsylvania already. They're going to have hundreds of thousands to millions of votes cast early in almost every single swing state outside Florida, which does Republicans do have a very strong get out the bleat, is going to hurt Republicans, and it will be very, very difficult. And you may have a 2022 situation where because college-educated whites live in the right areas and non-college-educated whites do not vote at a high propensity and minorities are living in deep blue states where Donald Trump, you know, let's say he comes close to winning the popular vote, but it's not enough in Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Wisconsin because he closed the gap 10 points in New York and California. There's always a possibility something like that could happen because of where people, how they live and where they vote. It matters immensely to sit there and get and have a real strong turnout effort. And um, the RNC has been anemic in all their efforts to turn out voters. Are, are, how confident would you be that Trump would win, say, Georgia in a matchup against Joe Biden? I think at this point it's looking very strong. Remember, there's also something going on. There's two things going on. There's the what the question of who's going to get on the ballot as far as third party candidates go, which will be important. And there is a big effort based upon pro-Palestinian supporters of not showing up for, I wrote this in my Substack of the National Populist Newsletter on Substack, of, uh, of Muslims not showing up for Biden. If that is real, um, you're going to see there's, there's 200,000 Muslims living in Georgia right now. You know, the election could be decided by 15,000 votes. If they sit out, if that effort is real to make Muslims sit out, there is more than enough Muslims in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin to affect the election. So I think given that Georgia is such, you know, bad shape right now, and, uh, uh, um, I think that Georgia Republicans have a chance. I think Arizona have a better chance in, but Georgia, they certainly have a chance in. My friends, go check out Ryan Gurdusky's National Populist Newsletter on Substack. It is excellent. Ryan, we'll be talking to you a lot in the coming year. Thanks so much for being yeah. here. Appreciate it. You too. A couple of months ago, I was introduced to the single greatest pre-workout supplement I have ever tasted, I have ever tried. The best tasting and the most effective. Okay, that's saying a lot because there's a ton of pre-workouts out there, and some of them are really expensive, and they don't work very well. they got a lot of junk in them. Chad Mode, the pre-workout brought to you by Chalk, is the best stuff I have ever tried. And I'm, I'm actually going to have to go get another one because I'm already running through the first Chad Mode that I got. This stuff is all clean, pure, good ingredients, all listed for you on the label, gives you energy, drive, focus, Sure, for the gym, absolutely, but also if you just need a little more oomph in your day or you've got a big task and you're going to clean out the whole garage, try a little Chad mode. Trust me, my friend, you're going to be flipping uh, sofas upside down with one hand and using that vacuum like you've never vacuumed before. I mean, I'm telling you, you get a lot done. Chad mode is phenomenal. You want to try it. Go get Chad mode at chalk.com. C-H-O-Q.com is that website. You can save 35% off a subscription by using my name, Buck, in your purchase process. So that's chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Save 35% by using my name, Buck, in your purchase process. Try Chad Mode. You'll get fired up. Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show.
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tonta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tonta Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.